1: Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we got ourselves a mailbag pod talking about the five and one New York Giants. And it's funny, Justin, you know, we, we went into this season thinking like, ah, that, you know, that four game stretch after week six is that's where the Giants can get some wins. Well, guess what? We have five wins uh, going into this four game stretch. It's a, it's a great time to be a New York Giants fan. Justin, how are you?
0: Yeah, man, we're looking at like playoff odds and we're looking at the historical stuff of if you start five and one, the Giants have this percentage of a chance to make the playoffs. I don't want to get too reckless, but I'm getting I'm getting reckless about it and not just getting reckless about, oh, this team should do it, but expecting it like let's freaking go like let's gather up. Let's get these four games out of the way and, you know, at least take three out of four of them.
1: Yeah, uh, I again. Can the Giants lose these games? Yeah, absolutely. But I think we should be favored in in all four of these games and we'll talk about that as as we go along. Yeah, but,
0: there's a little bit of anger with that, which we do have. It's a mailbag pod. We have a mailbag question on that.
1: Well, the worst, you know, 4 and 1 team, the worst 5 and 1 team stuff like actually didn't annoy me. It was more just funny. Now I'm like, okay, like at some point we do need a little bit of respect. Um You know, and I think some of the arguments made against the Giants have been a little put in bad faith. Um, So we'll get into all of that first. Before we get into the mailbag, this episode was brought to you by Luke Perkowski, who has a great old school Jeff Gordon picture. Tom Lago, um, he's from Key Largo. Matt Kelly, what up, Kelly, Matt, Renee? I can't, uh, this is, I'm going to guess this is Reen. I don't think it's Renee. It's Reen Ariel Ruiz. That's my guy. Laird C. Stife Vader, that's real name, and just Ant-Man is another one, that's mm. that's something, Daniel Wilson, reminds me uh, of Brian Wilson, Peter Koz, uh, Kozma, Kyle Kuzma's brother, and then Stavros Asperu, who I tweeted at the Daniel Jones SMD meme at the comedian Stavros from Baltimore the other day. Justin, who are these people? Yeah,
0: patreon.com slash talking giants for $2 a month plus a month of tears, you know what to do. Head on over there. Be part of the TG family. Uh, Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers, magnets twice a month. You'll have an opportunity to win some shirts off the store and hang out with us while we record the shows live. Did I already say that? I don't know. It also really, for the first time, really made me mad. I know you were mad about this last week. I also got really pissed off. I woke up this morning and I said, Crap, I can't freaking believe that there are three like legitimately good NFC East teams. Like we'll see what the Cowboys look look like when Dak's back. But looking at all the power rankings and seeing how, like there was one power ranking that I saw, the Eagles were like one, the Cowboys were like three or four, and we were five. I'm like these are three NFC East teams in a ten top five of a power ranking.
1: Yeah, two years ago we would have needed two more wins for the rest of the season to win the division, <laughs> and now it's like we're we're five and one. What the and hell? We're a, we're a game back in the division. So
0: now I'm mad about it. Last week I was fine.
1: I, I think like all, almost all of our division games are in December. Like I think both Washington ones I th- and both Philly ones are, are December and January, and yeah. then the Dallas one and on Thanksgiving, the last week of November.
0: There's four weeks so. in a row. Two of them including Commanders games, which helps. But there's four games in a row that are all four divisional games.
1: That's one. Yeah, we got Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, and then Commanders. So, all right, let's get this mailbag rolling. Take it away, Steve.
0: Mail time.
1: Mail time. here's the mail it never fails it makes you want to wag my tail when it comes i want to well thanks steve from blues clues justin let's get into the mail
0: giants future at future underscore giants our friend liam he asked with Evan Neal improving in pass pro and wide receiver and wide receivers starting to create separation do you think we can finally succeed in a traditional drop back offense
1: absolutely now we're not going to be the best drop back offense in the NFL we're not going to do traditional drop back 30 times in the game but absolutely what Evan Neal's improvement is the biggest key to that I believe um, now that they are playing Darius Slayton and Marcus Johnson now you have some speed on the field not great wide receivers but speed and that's you know speed is is, is the most important thing playing wide receiver unless you're a slot wide receiver um so now we have speed to be able to attack defenses evan Neal's improvement will make that happen because we can help with protection on the on the inside you know uh, if teams blitz against uh, us well we get the ball out quick in the drop back offense if they drop back in and zone coverage or too high and rush four well then you give help to the weak they the odd man out the one who's struggling and pass pro i do want to temper the evan Neal improvement a little bit like there was there was. Real improvement. And that was something I was asking for out of Evan Neal. I wasn't asking for shutdown games. Just give me improvement. And he had that in uh, week six. A lot of that was they started letting him set more vertically, which we obviously talked about on the last podcast. I th- I got a lot of questions about the vertical sets. Maybe I can hit on that later in this question.
0: Do we have an Evan Neal question? Do we? Hold on. I
1: don't. I don't know if we do.
0: Because I wanna if we don't, then I wanna uh, no, we don't. So let so let me so let me but,
1: but let me temp let me finish this. Yeah. Jason Pierre Paul is washed. Mm. Like he looked horrible. Like he looked like the worst pass rusher we faced all this year and then always not great either. So I do want to tell temp- like I'm not expecting Evan Neal to just all right, dominate from here on out. But I do think the vertical sets will help him out a little bit and help the drop back passing offense.
0: There's a question that I had for you this morning while I was editing the O-line report, and now, of course, I can't remember it. But I agree with you that I want to temper the expectations a little bit because you look at the span of the last three games, PFF tra- uh, tracks true pass sets, which at least to me, Bobby, correct me if I'm wrong, that's like not play-action rollouts, like a true pass set where you can actually count it as like a legitimate pass set for Evan Neal, right? Yes. Yes. So uh, this past week against Baltimore, Evan Neal had 12 true pass sets, 7 against Green Bay, 4 against Chicago, and then it jumped up to 25 against Dallas, 18 against Carolina, 13 against Tennessee. So while Evan Neal has been showing some improvement the last couple weeks, and especially against Baltimore – I want to say when it gets up to like 15 plus, you know, when the Giants are kind of running a little bit more drop back conventional passing offense, where maybe they're taking, you know, 15 conventional drop back passing and 15 true pass sets that Evan Neal has. And then above that. Um, But I agree with you that Evan Neal is the biggest piece of it. But there's also some bigger pieces that I want to touch on, too. But um, oh, no, here's here is my question that I forgot about this morning. The first play of the offensive line report, I didn't really pay attention to see if this was the rest of the rest of the game, but the first play of the O-line report, it looked like Evan Neal was running more vertical sets, not necessarily just totally vertical, but it was like a mix between the horizontal and vertical where it just gave Evan Neal a little bit more breathing room. But it looked like the rest of the O-line in particular, Andrew Thomas, because he's the other tackle, it looked like he was still doing the horizontal 45-degree sets. Is do you think that's true that they kind of gave Evan Neal that little room to breathe while Thomas was still doing the horizontal sets?
1: Yes. Perfect. And and but the, the I think the first play the O Line report he did a 45 step. But even in that, like in, in that 45 set, finally we started seeing Evan Neal like get out of his stance. Well a it was, little it's quicker, more of a typical
0: a, kick step. We haven't seen that typical kick step, kick step, kick step yet this year.
1: Yeah, but even even on like in his aggressive pass sets, he was getting like I I did a, a like a comparison like look at him versus Thomas and Thomas gets out of his stance quicker than basically anybody in the NFL, even if you don't think he's the best tackle in the NFL, no one gets out of their stance quicker than him, and he was right there with Thomas on that. So that's the type of stuff that like that's going to build for it, and he's not going to be perfect. He's going to have bad reps. He's going to give up more sacks this season, but we can operate with him. Um Other things with the drop back passing offense it's been our best offense the last last week and we saw some good stuff out of it versus the Packers even though the play action you know two man uh two man routes had a lot of success versus Green Bay yeah it's frustrating
0: that the Giants offense is so good on third and long what are you doing on third and long
1: drop back passing offense you know and those were the best plays we saw versus the Ravens this week but they only kind of did it for the most part on third and long and and you know, there was there was one time where it was affected, and that was that uh, second, third down the game where DJ got hit, thrown it deep to Marcus Johnson, where the O line didn't hold up, and he wasn't even to like, make that play. But I also, I'm very happy with what the Giants' offense is doing. They are very horizontal. They're doing crossing routes and stuff like that. But I also do want to attack vert. Let's let's start attacking vertically a little more. Like those two high coverages, let's attack them with uh, a you know a mills route where you throw a post and in and then a post on the backside, and make these safeties play disciplined football and if not then you can get the ball underneath you know as we start doing some of these like teams are going to start pressing up on the giants well guess what that's when darius slayton can beat press that's when even marcus johnson can beat press um you know hit wandale wandale robinson on a little slant if they're going to blitz so I just think there is potential to have more improvement in the dropback and one is the passing, and and DJ's been really good doing that too. Um, you know, we'll talk about Daniel Jones later, but Daniel Jones has been really good the last uh, four weeks of the season. So yes, I and I think that's what it needs to for this offense to take a step forward because also teams are going to start game planning for some of the stuff that we are doing. Yes, like like, like the Ravens. Uh, they had their linebackers drop back deep in coverage where the Packers linebackers were, were a little lost and it allowed those little intermediate uh, throws off play action. And I trust this offense to evolve like that
0: where it is going to continue to keep teams on their toes. Um, and the emergence of Darius Slayton has helped. Marcus Johnson being reliable. Hey, this is a little cleanup note. Signed to the main 53 man roster, I think the Giants had one spot that was open, um, and that two was two spots. The- two spots so there's another one that's still open
1: yeah I don't know if they're going to use it though
0: yeah they may not use it because they got to pay they got to they got to save money right but I'm glad that Marcus Johnson was signed to the to the main 53-man roster I think he deserved it um, and I think it's 100% worth it because he's being relied upon and he is consistent I think Wandell Robinson is is a huge key as well um, If he could be started to rely on uh, in terms of getting yards after the catch, running those crossers over the middle of the field, I, I was happy to see that he was targeted kind of past the sticks this past week. I, I was expecting Wando Robinson to come back and kind of be used exactly how Tony was being used, where – he was basically just a gadget kind of player and only targeted in the screen game and only being like force fed the ball. I was really excited to see that Wandale was targeted past the sticks. One of them was a drop. One of them was a key third down conversion. And then he got a touchdown on a little bit of a, you know, force target gadget play. But I don't care. It worked. So Wondell Robinson's also a big key. And David Sills not being on the field. I mean, just look at the splits of David Sills playing a lot of snaps the first three games of the season. David Sills not playing a ton of snaps the last couple of weeks. And also, when Kenny Galladay gets healthy, he cannot play. He cannot be on the field. And that pains me to say, he cannot be on the field.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, uh, Which I think might have been my worst take of the offseason was like, Kenny, Kenny Galladay will be a productive player. Yeah, it was all of um, ours. Mine too, you know? Um, like I, I don't want to play Kenny Galladay. I don't want to play David Sills. I don't want to play Kenny Galladay. If Tony's healthy, play him. Um, but also, you're not going to have you know be relying on him a ton. And you know, any 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 uh production we get out of him is a bonus for me at this yeah. point.
0: Evan Neal so, hasn't taken like this drastic step up from weeks one to now. Like this Baltimore game was his best game, and we'll see when the competition starts to balance each other out a little bit. You're not going to be going up against Rashawn Gary and Micah Parsons every week, but you're also not going to be going up against a, a WASH JPP every week. So let's see you know how it can balance itself out a little bit. But the biggest difference, I think, is just playing Kenny Galladay, David Sills, the majority of the snaps from, from week one to week three, to now we're playing Darius Slayton, Marcus Johnson, and Wanda Robinson and Richie James is a backup thrown in there too like think about how think about think about how much better those four receivers are versus Kenny Galladay and David Sills
1: yeah speed speed um has to be accounted for with David and David Sills David Sills we, I mean I hated it because I hate like harping I hate harping on a guy like David Sills because it's like well what did you expect but if we said it's like Playing him is not helping the Giants. I don't care how much stuff he does right. Playing him is not helping the Giants. Um, so so yeah. So we but I I think they will start to introduce I you know, they see what we see. They saw like, hey, on third and long, we were able to get some plays and let let's let's try and work this a little bit and let's not be afraid of the sack, you know. Um Similar to some of the things we said about Jason Garrett. Like, you can't be afraid of the sack. Like, I know that they are drive killers, but you can't be totally afraid of those either. So, they've done a lot of good stuff. Um, but, hey, they, they got to grow as a passing offense as well.
0: Right. But they should also still understand their identity, too. Just because we're advocating for more dropback passing – I mean, play action has been working. Daniel Jones, uh, this is per, you know, from PFF, they do the passing concept splits. 44 completions on 55 attempts, that's an 80% completion rate. 401 yards, that's 7.3 yards per attempt. He has three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, on no play action, even though he has almost double the attempts, he only has two passing touchdowns, and the yards per attempt is six, is six yards. So that's 1.3 yards per attempt more on play action versus no play action. So they still should use it. Um, and they're using play action forty percent of the time versus no play action sixty percent of the time. They still should definitely use it, but obviously, early down efficiency just in general needs to be better on this offense.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying abandon or like still get into those heavy formations. Saquon's yeah. been good. Run like his best, his best running in uh, this past week was running out of thirteen personnel. So yeah. don't. I'm not saying abandons that stuff, but. Um, but, you know, let's open up the drop back. You know, let's let's test them on a first down, you know, instead of waiting till you can't rely on just converting third and longs the way we had the last two weeks.
0: Did you do the passing splits for personnel grouping frequency this past week? I saw that you did it for running. No. No? I it's such a no. – sharp football stats used to freaking do that every week, and now they don't. I thought they were throwing the ball much better out of 11 when they actually committed to throwing the ball out they of 11. Were. They were.
1: I'm saying they were running better out of the heavy stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so they got, again, they got to find a balance between the two. How can you run a little bit better out of 11? Because you don't want to become an offense that's a tell. Oh, when you're you're in 11, we're going to throw it well and not run it well. And then when you're in heavier formations, vice versa, you got to get a little bit more balance in that area too. But we're nitpicking. I love how we're nitpicking right now. Like this Giants offense, they are an above average unit right now. They are. And I I think kind of. There's not a lot of good teams in the NFL right now, which is super fun. I feel like the, the Eagles are good. The Bills are good. The Chiefs are good. There's three really good teams in the NFL. I feel like the rest of the teams in the NFL can kind of be a little fugazi, which I think kind of gets to a question that we have soon. But the Giants offense is not above-average offense right now. And what we're saying right now is nitpicking versus last year. It was like big picture, like they just need to get better at flat-out everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, next question. We've right. been waiting for six weeks to hit this question on the pie. I think it's time.
0: Patrick Crow at SDMN Crow. Are we at the point where extending Saquon isn't out of the question, or should we just put the tag on him and call it a day?
1: So it's been six weeks. I think it's time we talk about a Saquon Barkley contract. Um, I'm still sticking to what we said on the play, and I want to talk about Saquon as a whole. Um, and... I would approach it of two 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 ways. There's two ways I would approach it, Justin, and I think I would be strong in this. Either you go the Le'Veon Bell route, where you're gonna franchise tag them until you let him walk. I don't want to do that, but that is an option. It's it's ruthless. It's but it's it's an option you can do. The second one, I was looking at running back contracts. I would give him a Nick Chubb type contract, which is three years, $36 million. Um, and, you know, average annual, so it's not it's not near the Kamara, the Zeke, the Christian McCaffrey's, and front, and then yeah, and then in the third year, you have uh, a four million dollars worth of dead cap and twelve million dollars worth of cap savings. You know, so you have you. That's the way you know, like you said, you front loaded a little bit. You know, and I think Nick Chubb is it, like he's been he's the leading rusher in the NFL right now. Like he has more rushing yards per game than Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's going on four straight 1,000 yard seasons, 5.4 yards per carry. That's the type of level that Saquon back, uh, back that Saquon's at. Um, so that's where I, I would be at. Like, I'm not like, so here's what else, like, and I want to see if you agree with me in the offseason, especially doors towards, towards the time of free agency when cap was tight and the James Bradbury stuff. I was very strongly in the trade Saquon for. Not anything. Like, I wouldn't have traded him for a sixth or seventh, but I would have traded him for a fourth round pick. To me, that was a huge L. L. Like, that's an L to say, like, the, the two years before, and we'll talk about injuries and stuff with Saquon, cause it's only, it has only been six games. Um, the two, the injuries, the playing bad, behind bad offensive line and stuff. I was just like, it's, he's an unexpiring deal, but I'm, I'm at a point now where I, like, trading him for that would have been an L. What what do you think?
0: As of now, as as everything stands right now, yeah, it would be, and I'm not gonna apologize for being a little bit more adamant than you that they should that they should have traded him because, and I'm glad I'm wrong. I did not expect him to be this good. Now you could say, oh well, he was this good his rookie year. You're wrong. He's better no, now. He wasn't. He's better now than what he was his rookie year, and he's not even getting the receiving volume. He's not even getting – he's not getting anywhere near close the receiving volume. I want him to get more receiving volume. They should be using him more as a receiver. I think that can kind of go a little bit to DJ too. It's like DJ, you know, maybe not looking towards the sideline enough or I want Saquon Brock to be lined up as a receiver more. That's a different conversation. But they really not. only
1: used him as a check down, which has been kind of – with all the talking points out of like OTAs, um, that's kind of been surprising.
0: Besides the Green Bay 40-yard play, that's it.
1: And Saquon's not a good route runner. He's a good ma- like mismatch you know, right, but like I, I we, take we, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think that might be some of their worries about like splitting him out wide. But I, but you can use him out as the backfield, like up the seams and stuff. So I, I do think there's more they could do with him in the receiving game.
0: Yeah. So and and he was either – I don't know if, I can't remember if he led the if he led the league in scrimmage yards in 2018. He did. But He's leading it now. He's leading it out, even with the lack of kind of receiving work that he's getting in retrospect to what our expectations were. So I'm not going to apologize for thinking that because he's just playing at such at a much higher level than I ever thought. And also I was looking at the efficiency numbers, the next gen efficiency numbers before we hopped on here. And he's still like top five, top six in efficiency, according to next gen, which measures how much of a north south runner are you? Um, he's still up there top 10 in rushing yards over expected per attempt. Uh, which you've heard me talk about that metric a lot. So, I mean, just the metrics that he's kind of struggled in at certain points in years past, he's just like the best in everything right now. It's not just relying on the amount of volumes that he's getting. Yes, he is is leading the league in rushing attempts, but that is not the reason why. It's not the sole reason why he is having such a great season. So uh, I guess Saquon contract future talk, right? The tag is nine and a half million, or at least it was last year. I don't, you know, does it change year to year? Yes, it does. But I think the tag last year was nine and a half million for running backs. He's making like 7.7 million right now. I'm very okay with the tag, but it's just a matter of would he want to play on a tag? Um, And I would be part of me, like, if he plays every single game this year. A, a Nick Chubb type deal, I, I would I would be okay with. Um, I would be okay with. It's just so tough, man. It's so tough because you just can't predict these stupid injuries, and it just happens at this position a little bit more.
1: And that's the thing I am still worried about with Saquon is like one freak injury, man, and we're back in. in and the it's same not place. even about
0: him. It's not even about him. It's just the position, you know.
1: Yeah. So you know, I've like just like that's been my worries, like please stay healthy throughout this year. Um, You know, because injuries derailed his career. Um, And again, like to the point, he is like, he is a better running back than he was in 28 and 2019. Like he is getting the tough yards. He is running between the tackles. He's running hard, which in 2018 and 2019, while still an awesome back, was not doing those things. He was very much a boomer bust player. He did not run behind his pads. He he danced a lot. Um, Now him playing behind a better offensive line is a part of that but he's also it's not just that like he is i coaching maybe you know the outside noise got to him to where he is like you know letting letting stuff come to him instead of trying to make the most out of every single play so um i i still am afraid of injury but i'm not going to sit here and be like well injury 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 like i'm i'm not going to say that until it it would happen so the franchise tag is what i would prefer but i don't know but i also like when i talk about the Nick Chubb deal Like if Saquon's whole, like trying is doing the, like, I want the mix this McCaffrey, blah, 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 type stuff. I would be very stern. Like, this is what, like, if they're not going to try and do the franchise tag, I would be like, this is what we're offering you. If you don't like it, walk. Because Saquon should want to stay in New York. There's, you know, we talk about how Saquon is very marketable and a face of a franchise type of guy. Well, that's good. That's good for both sides. Like it's good for Saquon Barker to stay with the New York Giants. Um, so if they do give like an offer like the Nick Chubb, it would be like, hey, this is the offer. Sign it. We're not going to we're not going to go above this. Yeah. You and, know, also- and, and, and and have the balls to be let, willing to let him walk if he wants to go and get a max deal cuz I don't I don't think anyone's going to give him some monster deal either like in the NFL anymore.
0: And I also am kind of very relaxed about it right now because I trust that Joe Shane is going to do the right thing for the New York Football Giants and not have any kind of, oh, I need to do fan service and sign Saquon Barkley. like There was fan service with Eli. There was fan service and drafting Saquon Barkley to begin with. There was fan service and overpaying for Nate Solder because you need to protect Eli. There was fan service and all these things that didn't have the best interest of the Giants at heart. It had the best interest of the egos of John Mara, Dave Gettleman saving his own job in his first year, going all in. I trust that Joe Shane's going to do whatever it takes for the future of the New York Giants. And that's that. I trust him with that. And that's why I'm relaxed about this right now.
1: Right on. Next question. Actually, let's read in that We've been going for a while. I will read in that. SeatGeek. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Live events. You know, someone called us out. Like, live events have been back. How, what, like, Can we continue to say they're back? Live events are here, and they've been here for a long time, which means you can get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code GIANTS. I used it to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars game this weekend. Uh, if you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. We've got the apps on our phones. I, I literally use them on my phone. By the way, I've been getting a lot of DMs about tailgates and stuff. I don't know the Jacksonville Stadium. We are not having a tailgate. If you want a tailgate to happen where we can tell people to go and hang out with us, buy a parking pass or something and host it. You know, I'm not saying to get food for everybody, but just give us a, a, a place to tell people to go and you will be... You will be a hero. And I think people will bring drinks and and everything too. So, Whether it's football, concerts, basketball, baseball, festivals, or more, SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you are getting a good deal. Green means good. Red means bad. Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Don't worry, we've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. Where are you sitting with your SeatGeek
0: bought tickets?
1: What section? Uh, I can't remember, but up up towards the top. Up top. The, but I made sure we were on the Giants side, so.
0: Did you, uh, so you sat with me, was that, no, that wasn't the first time that you obviously sat up top, but you preferred sitting on the, like, down towards the bottom. No,
1: I, I think I like it at the top. Yeah. You see I the field better.
0: You, I convinced you with that Eagles game last year. Didn't well, I?
1: here's the thing. The one time I sat towards the bottom was Eli's last game versus the Dolphins. And that was just like, didn't really care about analysis. That was just like an emotional day. And being close to the field was cool for that. But just yeah. trying to analyze the game, I, I like being up top. And the prices.
0: And the prices. That's why I sit up top. Jose Martinez at DJ... Dominitas Giants open up as a three and a half underdog against the Jags after defeating Rogers and Lamar. Thoughts. So this is basically why is Vegas and some other analytics sites like Football Outsiders, why are they still doubting the Giants? Or, you know, how are they still doubting the Giants?
1: Or just even, you know, commentators in general. I don't like the idea that it's like, oh man, these it's been these collapses by other teams. Here's something that annoys the crap out of the people. I think people are just like, unless you are just like dazzling, like you're not a good, like it's not good. Like defense, can we give people, teams credit for having good defenses?
0: Well, here's the thing.
1: Here's the, here's the
0: mind boggling thing, Bobby. I like football outsiders. I like DVOA. They have the Giants defense ranked 30th. They are the third worst defense in DVOA's eyes. I I don't know how I don't know why I tried getting an answer today. I tried thinking of things at, like it does it come does it boil down to that they're bad on early downs but then does being good on third down not mean anything? does not allowing explosive plays mean anything? does not allowing touchdowns versus field goals mean anything? I don't know why. So it's not just like Ve- you know Vegas they use numbers and Vegas is like right about a lot of stuff I I don't know why i don't know
1: why yes like we're the number five third down defense in the nfl that's because of the way wink martindale coaches defense like coaching is is a big part of this league and i feel like because the giants weren't picked to be and again i'm not saying like they're super Bowl contenders or anything but like it's the giants aren't winning off flukes like the only thing that you can point to is essentially the lamar throwing that interception but guess what it's not like we're living off of these crazy interceptions. That was our first interception of the year. So God forbid we have one QB make a bad decision and it helped the Giants. You know, so it's not like they're getting like, you know, uh, like these crazy t- living off of turnovers and, you know, the offense is pounding the ball in off those turnovers. Like the offense is getting the score off long drives. The defense is not creating turnovers. Um, You know, they're, they're like don't mean like our running game is good let's not minimize what the running game does you know we have the leader leading rusher in ours you know one of the leading rushers in the nfl we're not running these trick plays or having these fluke big plays on offense like it's been methodical and stuff daniel jones is ascending these last four weeks like the only two things that you could say that are like just like fluky is again that lamar interception which i'm not going to apologize for one qb putting the ball in our defense hands because it hasn't happened all year and then the titans miss field goal. but teams miss field goals every single freaking week you know they just miss it at the end of a game um you know and that was the first game where the offense started slow like if we just played the titans right now i would feel better about that matchup
0: oh yeah yeah and the giants defense allowed like three different players they allowed 20 yard gains through the air which they have not done that i mean dallas there were two different receivers that caught uh 20 plus yards Green Bay Randall Cobb had one and there wasn't a single receiver last week for the Ravens that caught a pass over 20 plus yards. Their run defense has been bad on a volume and efficiency basis, but again like I if you're stopping the pass and if you're stopping the explosive pass play, the big gushes on the ground against the Ravens were not good, but I don't care if your run defense is like not that great if you're stopping the pass and you're holding teams to field goals. I don't care. And also, like you said- We've also with,
1: played some great rushing teams as well, too.
0: Yes. Well, yeah. The the Ravens, the the uh, Packers, the Titans. Cowboys,
1: the Titans. The, Christian the Panthers aren't a great rushing team, but they have Christian McCaffrey.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't- I, The Bears. I'm saying, I'm saying I don't know over and over and over again. I don't know. And the Giants' skill position players are getting better. We talked about it towards the beginning. I would go to war right now. With Marcus Johnson, Darius Slayton, Wando Robinson, and Richie James. Especially compared to what we had week one. Or excuse me, what we were choosing to use week one.
1: <laughs> yeah, so again, this isn't like some argument like the Giants are are, you know, a Super Bowl contender. Look at their record, they're five and one. But I don't think their record is a fluke. Like they have made great adjustments in game. Like Aaron Rodgers didn't just choke. You know, like we played good defense. We adjusted to, to it. We stacked the box in the second half. Like we played Lamar Jackson well. We got pressure on him. We blitzed him. We forced him to have to make, you know, like inaccurate throws because he was under pressure. Uh, you know, the Titans, we stopped what they tried. They, we stopped what they do, which is run the ball. We stopped them from doing that. The Panthers, like, you know, we only beat them by three points, but we're a better team than them. The Bears, we, you know, that game was only close because we, didn't have a quarterback for, you know, essentially a quarter and a half. Like, I, I fully believe we would have, like, we, we coached well against them and played well against them. So I, uh, I don't like that this, like, these wins aren't fluky. And one Lamar interception is not going to make me be like, um, oh, see, you know, it was, it was, they've just been winning off meltdowns. Like these comebacks haven't been meltdown built. They've been Daniel Jones, um, and the, and the Giants offense and the Giants defense adjusting throughout the game built. Yeah, the
0: only thing fluky about that Lamar play was that he dropped a snap. That was the only thing fluky about that. Julian Love baited him. Thank God Julian Love baited him because O'Shane Zimenez definitely wasn't coming down with that interception. So, Yeah, and the only thing that I could think of is to being three-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Jaguars were away, so the home team always gets three, three points. And then basically on an EPA basis, the Giants' offense and the Jaguars' offense are nearly identical, but their defense is like a tier better um we'll talk about that on friday as to why we'll look at who the jaguars have played the results so far because certainly there's some discussions to be had there all
1: right next question
0: next question mr chicken our friend patreon member so we're going to change this into a besides andrew thomas question so besides andrew thomas if you could extend any player on the current roster who would it be
1: yeah we, we change it to besides Aaron, andrew thomas because that's easy like andrew thomas is the one player on the team where i'm like Make him the highest paid at his position, and I will not blink at it even one second. This is really tough. There's a there's a lot of guys, uh, and we only do this, guys who are eligible for it. So you have Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams could be one, Xavier McKinney can be extended of the year, and then Saquon, and then Daniel Jones. Um, there's some other guys. Those were the names that can. What what other guy like Julian Love or, or somebody like that? Yeah, but,
0: well, the 29th- I, I considered
1: guys that would get. Bigger contracts, like close, like more or close to like $10 million uh, average annual value type guys. Okay,
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind, just because of how affordable he is, is, is Julian Love. Like Julian Love should be like he should be here. Good teams have players like Julian Love on their roster. Homegrown guys. Will be, we've talked about how the Giants haven't been able to keep their homegrown guys in house. Julian Love is a homegrown guy that you feel good about that you can keep because he's not this superstar player, but he's like awesome at what he does. So Julian Love was the first guy that came to mind for me.
1: So I wanted to say Dexter Lawrence, but I also don't want to like extend him off of a career year as well, too, you know. Um, But I also think like extending him in the offseason would be a good idea, depending on what the defensive tackle market is. Um, I'm going to say Xavier McKinney because we'll talk more in depth about McKinney on a later question but he still is really good but he's not going to have the stats that he had last year this season um but still be a very important player safety contracts aren't huge i would i would try and get mckinney done before he, you know he hits free agency
0: yeah there's still time for that though I mean, well, he, he would next year guys. would be
1: his last his last year of the contract oh yeah he wasn't a first round pick yeah, right he's second round pick mm. okay so I, I would take advantage of mckinney not having the statistical success that he had last year and we'll talk about why that doesn't bother me in a later question um you know and i, I think you can get him for a reasonable deal he wants to be a giant for a while i, I would probably ch- i would try and get mckinney locked up but i think there's a lot like i mean i i think there's a good case, like you mentioned Julia really Love, for like five or six guys to be extended, which has not happened since Sterling Shepard for a Giants draft pick.
0: You know who I thought of too? I mean, he has a void year in 2024, but I thought of a Dory Jackson. I don't know if that makes sense that the fact that they did restructure him and and they gave him the void year. So I don't know if that makes sense to extend him. I don't know if that move indicates that they're not going to give him a contract extension and last year is his last year. Um, but dude, Adori's good, man. He's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been 27. Really good. Yeah. He was young. Um, and, and he, the Titans declining his option helped us with that. Um, so yeah. All right. Next question about Daniel Jones, but first I want you to read an ad. Sure.
0: We got to talk about better help. Now a word from our sponsor, better health. We know. How important mental health is in our world in general today. It's also important in the sports world, from athletes taking time off to tend to their mental health issues, to the everyday importance of being focused and in the zone. I find it. I I, I gotta I gotta stay in the zone a little bit here. You know, working on some JM football stuff. You know, how can I stay locked into what we gotta do, all the things that we got going on, and I gotta make sure that my mental health is in line and I got a good balance in my life. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched up with the therapist after filling out a brief survey Survey and switch therapists anytime. That's one of my favorite uh, capabilities of BetterHelp is that if you don't like somebody that you're talking with, you can switch at any time there's no need to have any kind of awkward conversations either when you're ready to feel at the top of your mental health game therapy can get you there visit betterhelp.com slash talking giants today get 10 percent off your first month that's better hel talking giants you'll be glad you did the manscaped ad i think we forgot to say it, there was an ad recently that we forgot to say. You'll be glad I you did. I forgot on
1: the SeatGeek. SeatGeek, You'll be <sighs> glad you did. Oh
0: crap! So we're we got we got a comment that said out outraged that we didn't get a.
1: You'll be glad you did. Well, you'll be glad you did. All right, next question.
0: <laughs> next question. Um, we're kind of just do a little bit of a Daniel Jones talk, but Tristan Ricker asked at Tristan Ricker too. What would our record be if Daniel Jones wasn't the starter? So I guess we're just gonna. We're just going to do a little bit of Daniel Jones talk.
1: Yeah, I the record I would probably say three and three. I I do think you win the first two games of the year, and I think you you probably beat Chicago, but not a guarantee. But I just want I just want to talk about Daniel Jones. Um, he's operating this offense essentially flawlessly these last four weeks. You know, not there's mistakes in every game by quarterbacks. You know, whether it's like a i think the last two weeks there has been two times where i'm like he should have made this throw he didn't make this throw and then a couple plays where it's like the accuracy could have been a little better but still in guys hands um like the wandale robinson drop that could have been a better throw and then missing darius slayton versus the packers but overall like he's been he's been operating this offense really well uh i've been i've been impressed um you know, he's not and again, we're just like, Well, he's not throwing the ball deep. Well, he's not passing up deep throws either. You know, they're not build they're not running the offense like that. Um, so like he's going through his progressions, the accuracy's well, he's been manipulating the pocket a lot better, where the first two weeks he just looked super uncomfortable. Um you know, I, I just I basically want to say, like, I'm I'm I've been pretty damn happy with Daniel Jones the last four weeks. And he's been put in bad situations on third and long. He's he's I think he's been I think he's done pretty much everything he's been asked to do.
0: And he's not being asked to throw the ball a ton either. You know, we talked about how Saquon Barkley leads the league in rushing attempts, and Daniel Jones has 159 passing attempts. To put this in retrospect, Saquon Barkley has 117 rushing attempts. Um, Daniel Jones has 107 completions on the year, which, by the way, he has a career high as of right now, 67.3 completion rate. Like I said, Saquon Barkley has 117 rushing attempts, so there's 100 there's 10 more rushing attempts that this team has than completions, and that's not because Daniel Jones is not completing the ball. He's completing the ball at almost a 70% clip. So he is doing everything that he is being asked to do, and one thing that I want to talk about is over the last three weeks on an EPA per dropback basis, Daniel Jones has been the most efficient and the best QP in the NFL, and then especially when you look at the second half over the last three weeks, uh, quarters three and four, Daniel Jones is the most efficient and one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the National Football League over the last three weeks in the second half. And there is a wide margin on that chart and on that graph. So, um, and I feel like they've started to introduce a little bit more drop back conventional passing. And I think especially the last two weeks against Green Bay and against Baltimore, those two weeks are really helping him, boosting up those EPA totals. So since we had a kind of Daniel Jones future conversation, um, he's doing better much better
1: yeah he's 24th in uh, attempts per game yeah and that's the thing in the fourth quarter he's been huge and whenever he's been putting these tough situations on third and long and like he's been really good like the only negative you can say about Daniel Jones these last four weeks is that well maybe they're scheming an offense like built around him that you know they're not going to be able to do things that they want to do offensively you know some of the but at the same time it's like I think it has more to do with wide receiver offensive line issues than Daniel Jones because we know Daniel Jones can put the ball downfield. Like we saw, we've seen him do it very well. You know, the first three years of his career. You know, now he can't do what Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert do. But again, Mm. I refuse to grade at quarterbacks against that standard. You know, unless you are flat out drafting somebody. Like if you're talking about the draft, maybe. Um, But if you're playing like him, that's a that's a pretty. (laughs) If you're playing
0: like him over the last three weeks. Uh, that's a pretty good benchmark to kind of to kind of be by. And it really, you know, now, now it really just hit me. If you really want to find out if Daniel Jones can be the future, can be here, what kind of deal does he deserve? Does he de- deserve the franchise tag or not? I'm rooting for Evan Neal more than ever. Rooting for Evan Neal more than ever. Because like you said in the beginning, and I do agree with you, I think the future of the offense in terms of how they can open the playbook or if they have to continue to kind of scheme around it the future of how Evan Neal plays for the rest of the season does depend on kind of daniel jones's future
1: yeah because you have at some point you got to operate a drop back often so so i, I just wanted to talk about daniel jones not like long-term conversation stuff with him but just i've been i've been pretty damn happy watching yeah. him the last awesome. few weeks
0: awesome Next all right question Shane at Shane underscore Baldman. Who is your biggest surprise player on offense and defense?
1: We'll go through this quick offense. Who is it for you? Ben Brossom. Yeah, that's my answer, too. Um, he's been the best interior offensive alignment. Now, I'm not saying like, oh, this guy's a future piece. We got a guy here because um, he's had bad games, too. You know, first the Titans in Green Bay. He, he struggled pretty, pretty badly. But like he's done. A, he's like he's done his job. You know he has not been a liability uh, in the majority of the season, and honestly, on the offense, you really can't. There's not many other candidates. Like maybe Johnson. You could, see, I don't even count like like I'm not going to get a guy that's had four catches and a drop as yeah. most surprised. Like you could you could maybe even like if you want to get cute, you could say Saquon, or like like for Daniel Jones, like. I also don't think Daniel Jones is playing at some much better level than he has in past years of his career either, no. Justin. No. I think he's playing in a much better scheme. And that's why, you know, me and you wanted to, you know, fire Jason Garrett personally. Like, and it's why I, I mean there has not like I hated Jason Garrett more than I did Dave Kettleman. Like that that's yes. how bad I think the scheme was. Um, you know, like I don't I don't think he's like he's this whole new player. It's like, no, I just think he's been finally given a some decent surrounding you know like a decent like uh infrastructure with offense you know offensive scheme like still has bad yeah. wide receivers bad offensive line for the most part you know um but you're in year four and a good running those,
0: game but but you're in year four and you know if we're going to end the year saying well you can't tell about daniel jones because of this because of that
1: uh i think he's played like a a, a pretty good quarterback nothing no, he special has. He has. And again, we talked about it with like I, I hate turning into a long a long term conversation, but we said, "What's one thing that he has to do?" And we're like, "Win, hey, win!" Like it's because one force like force the Giants hands, um, and and he's been doing that. Yeah, eight and, and I and is, I hate eight and three out of his last eleven games. How about that?
0: And I and I hate I love that there's a bunch of new people, and I love that the show's growing. But I also hate that so many people weren't part of the tirade that we were on for two years straight. That the absolute tirade, and there were times where we felt crazy, especially like in twenty twenty, like we we felt crazy because everything you know Joe Judge was new and everything was new and the defense was all right. You know, we felt crazy at times saying
1: that Jason Garrett needs to be launched into the sun. We said that literally for two years straight. Oh, the bye week. Um, Remember, I spent I spent ten days in a row working on a a thirty minute video to explain how Jason Garrett was bad, and I literally one of my favorite YouTube comments we ever got was like because it was someone who's kind of an optimist. Uh, or an optometrist like Ricky would say. Um, he's like, every time I had a rebuttal, he's like, you answered it. Because I, I was sick of those rebuttals, and I was like, I'm going to have an answer for every single excuse Jason Gig. I don't know what we're even doing right now. But basically, the scheme is better, and Daniel Jones is playing well within the scheme. I'm doing what I hate, which is making an argument
0: based on comments that we get on YouTube. But we get comments that we don't like Daniel Jones, we don't like Daniel Jones. It's like, no, we literally... like outwardly defended Daniel Jones the last two years by saying that Garrett should be launched into the sun and that he deserves much better and he's getting it. And that's why by saying that I feel like Daniel Jones isn't playing much higher than the level that he has the last couple of years. That's not a slight to Daniel Jones. Daniel no, Jones just has the played scheme well is
1: making it look better.
0: Yes. Daniel Jones has played well, despite of everything else going wrong around him. And now he's playing kind of in a similar way, despite a lot going right around him, which is awesome. Um biggest surprise on defense.
1: I would say Jahad Ward. Like he's not giving you anything in pass rush production, but he's really good versus the run. Like he's better. Like Jacksonville, I think just misused him. But even with Baltimore uh and Wink in 2020, like he wasn't making this type of impact for them. You know, and there's a reason why this guy has been a vet man uh you know the last couple of years. He has been a like a, a key force against the run.
0: Yeah, I will agree with you. Yes.
1: All right, next question.
0: Next question is coming from SportsCG at SportsCG247. Hey, guys, what's your assessment on the type of season Xavier McKinney is having? Um, There was some chatter about him coming into the season that he's going to become an all-pro type of player, but I think Julian Love has been our best safety so far. So thoughts on Xavier McKinney and then also, I guess, thoughts on Julian Love.
1: We kind of predicted this with McKinney. It's like he's still going to be a really good player, but he's not going to get the stats this year. And it's just that is the case. Like he is playing in a totally different role than what he did last year. Um, one, he's been, he's being put in a position of where he's being avoided. Like offenses are avoiding him. And I hate using coverage stats for safeties to judge them, but I do think it's, it's a good barometer of like how they're being used. So right now, coverage stats, he's been targeted 16 times, eight completions, 101 yards. So on a 17-game rate, that's 22 for 44, 286 yards. That's 16 less completions, 12 less attempts, uh, and 160 less yards that he would have allowed um, for the whole season. Compared to last year, where he played awesome last year, right? Yeah, and he Um, played
0: that too-high
1: system too, which is, yeah. Yeah, so that's been the biggest difference, is the system that he plays in. When, with Patrick Graham's assistant, it allowed him to, one, he's playing a half part of the field, not playing, you know, that center field, and it allows them to take advantage of mistakes made by quarterbacks and be aggressive and play up, uh, and the quarterback makes it like, it just breeds more turnovers, what Patrick Graham did, where this year we have one interception and in, in six games, last year we were getting interceptions essentially every single week, um, uh, for the most part. You know, and Xavier McKinney was a big part of that. And he now he's playing in that single high where teams avoid the single high safety. Like the single high safety goes one way, you go the other way. And we're not being beat deep really at all either. So I think that he's playing in the box more. He's playing in the box 35% compared to 15% last year. Uh, playing deep 53% compared to 71% last year. So I just think it's more about the system. Like he's doing good in what his role is. You know, you put him on Christian McCaffrey week two. Thrived in that. Um... He's made a, f- a few mistakes, like that Mercedes Lewis touchdown was on him, but I'm not going to freak out on a like a one yard, you know, smoking mirrors touchdown from the Packers, um, and and a couple other mistakes here and there, but nothing glaring. He's just being avoided, and he's playing, but he's playing, he's doing his job very well, and he's the quarterback of the defense with the green dot, and guys have been in place and doing well. Besides the ten man on the field thing,
0: yeah, yeah. Besides ten man on the field, but I don't exactly know who
1: deserves swallow for that.
0: What about Julian Love?
1: Oh, yes. Julian Love has been good, but he's he gets a more impact role where like he's put in man coverage. um, Like he's only playing deep. Yeah, he's playing like he's playing deep thirty six percent of the time, and half of those times it's and those when they do go to too high, which is not as uh, very often. And even when they do go to too high, a lot of times they're still in man coverage, and they'll let Julian Love crash down and be like the robber underneath, and McKinney is back even though they're playing, they're starting to snap too high, he's playing single high safety. Um, so he's made some, but I thought this pass game was his best game. Like he had that pass deflection where he got beat on the double move and recovered mm-hmm. in the end zone. That third and goal at the five uh, on the drag route by Isaiah Likely, breaking up that pass um, was good. And then obviously the interception, you know, and he's had good box reps as well. So I, I think Julian Love's played played pretty damn good. But Can Xavier I McKinney you- is clearly better to me than.
0: Not team not team. not nothing nothing related to the mailbag right now. Um, can I tell you a tweet that I just saw?
1: Is it are we reading dumb tweets?
0: Yeah, this is a reading dumb tweet segue right now. Um, Austin Gale, who, I, oh, who I like, who I like. Um, oh, he God. quote he quote tweeted the Ben Baldwin's market derived team tiers where the Giants are in the bottom tier category of watching college QBs. Austin Gale, the most overvalued slash blinding stat in determining team strength is regular season wins. More than 20 teams would be would still be favored over the Jets and Giants on a neutral field. And then in a in a reply, he said the Raiders are one in four, but still ranked 15th in market derived power ratings because their team is good and wins are volatile. Wins don't matter anymore.
1: I've seen that take a lot. But like people like wins are deceiving. It's like what 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 are we doing here? Okay, like you can is, believe
0: that, like, from a front office perspective, but you you, you can't tell me that being five and one is uh, means just as much as the Raiders being one and four just because they have a better team.
1: Through the first four games, you could say that we just beat the you know the last three MVPs we have beaten the back back to back weeks. Like who the Ravens lost to the Dolphins they choked that game but the Dolphins were 3-0 at the point they had beat the Bills and then Tua got hurt and then they lost to the Bills they barely lost to the Bills who are the best team in the NFL all Minutes right don't next mean question actually not next anything. question um this episode is brought to you by DraftKings NBA fans the wait is over what's up it's hard to get into NBA this early in the season when uh, at least for me, with the work I'm doing. Basketball is back, so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can uh, make any $5 NBA money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Nets are going to the championship. All you Knicks fans in the comments, it the Mouth. <laughs> Everyone, Check this out In addition to the usual bets Everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% With DraftKings stepped up same game parlays Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app Opt in and place a stepped up same game parlay today With payouts bigger than ever DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA um, what matchups? The Nets versus the World? How about that? Mm. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JohnBoy. Make any five dollar bet this week and get two hundred dollars in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code JohnBoy. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Just the be- next question. You believe in Ben Simmons? Oh no, I, I am. Ve- I I don't actually really believe in the Nets a ton this year. We, we still have a chance at a title, like a. Like, I still – my expectation for the team is a title. Um, but, yeah, Ben Simmons – like, so I am not as – like, pl- like I follow a lot of Nets fans who are like, they are the way I am with the Giants. Nets are still my second team. But I see them convincing themselves of Ben Simmons, and I'm just like – I'm just waiting for him to let me down. Like, I have no f- – like, I get this is the best position for him because he's the thir- – like, he's not going to be a, a top two player on the team with Kyrie and KD – um and we need his defense like in a like in a vacuum i can see it being it's an awesome fit but it's like i just don't trust ben simmons at all so
0: here's my simpleton reasoning in a league that's about scoring points ben simmons doesn't do that very well
1: and he, he missed. i shoot free throws at a better rate than he did the last time he played basketball. he's a point
0: guard okay lemon at J lemon 66 I feel like Dane Belton has been on the field for 80% of the snaps. What are your thoughts on the rookies so far?
1: I want to go quick because we're hitting an hour. Um, he's played over 70% of the snaps in three of the five games. I think his best thing that he's been good at, man coverage on tight ends. And that's what we said about him in the draft. It's like he's didn't play a ton of deep at Iowa. Yep. He, I don't think he fits. Like he's, He does struggle a little in the box playing the run. Like he's like a McKinney and Love are worlds better than him playing in the box. versus to run, he's made he's but, come up and made some good plays though in the run. Yeah, he, he he has, but it hasn't been like anything like like look at this wild play. It's just kind of being playing, doing his his role. Um, but like he's nowhere near playing that as McKinney and Love. Uh, where he's been best, which is what we said out of the draft, is like he covered slot wide receivers in college. Not going to cover slot wide receivers in the NFL, but he can cover tight ends, and I think he's been pretty damn good manning up versus tight ends uh, this year. He's made some mistakes, uh, you know. He's been a little, you know, aggress- aggressive, over aggressive at times when they're running those two high coverages. But I've been been happy with Belton. He's been good in man on on tight ends.
0: Yeah, Dame Belton was one of my. Least favorite draft picks besides, I guess, DJ Davidson, just because I didn't see, I didn't see, I didn't see a lot. There's nothing really get me excited, but I've been kind of, I mean, eating my words so far. Now there's, there was, there's been no play that's gotten me like overly excited. Like, Ooh, look at Dane Belton here. But the fact that he hasn't been a disaster and I think he's being asked to do a couple different things and he's been solid at it. So I'm kind of eating my words with that draft pick right now.
1: All right. Next question.
0: Nick Doherty at new underscore kid 98. Will Bobby and Julian be up for the parade in January? Well, technically it's what, why are we celebrating? Well, I was going to say
1: no, because it'd be, it's going to be in February. Yeah. Why are we celebrating in January? Yeah. February. You, you don't Justin, you don't understand how much I've been fantasizing about playoff talking giants. Like it's been a lot. Like I, I am,
0: can't even wrap my head around it.
1: I can't believe it's going to happen. Like we did it. Like, you know, I, I, I'm so excited for talking giants playoffs. Literally, I will not have been more excited for an entire day since the Super Bowl. you
0: yeah, no, not even like not I even might kill somebody in the John
1: Boy Media office that day.
0: Not even twenty sixteen Green Bay because it's like, well, we have no offense.
1: No, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I was still, I was still like, we have Eli. We've got a shot for that. So I wasn't as dismissive as as them, and it. I wanted to. You know, pull an Odell and punch a hole in the wall after that game. I was actually living with a friend, and he had a kid, and he was like asking me questions. And I was like, it was the first time where I was like, why don't you just shut up? Like, shut up. <laughs> um, so don't get me wrong. Like, I still went into that playoffs. Like, we got a shot. We got Eli. Um, uh, Kevin from so, from the social media team. He'd be a good person. Punch. He's one he'd, of my he'd, favorite he'd, John Boy media employees. He'd enjoy it. I mean, that's that's partially why. I'm hoping now that we have Yankees, Astros, ALCS, that maybe I'll, I'll hit up Jim and Jake with, like, permission to be the company pit Pitbull. Mm, do it. All right. That's the mailbag. We will be back on Friday for a preview pod talking about the Jaguars. How about that? We appreciate you guys. We will be back then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.